There's a saying in radio where they say, don't touch the dial. Well, today on the podcast, we're going to say, don't touch the dice. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. I wonder what Pastor Daniel McKillop and our guest is going to talk about today. It's going to be a gamble. Just roll the dice and let's if, see. If I was a betting man, I wonder what they would talk about. Yeah. Hey, I read this as we're, I might not get, get a chance to say another word for the entire podcast, so I'm going to say this right now. Hey, hover your finger right over the mute <laughs> button in case we need to close it out. So it is said about gambling, the safe, it's a safe way to double your money. Right. They say it's a safe way yeah. to double your money. And really? the safe way to double your money in gambling is to take your money, fold it over on itself, <laughs> put it in your pocket. And walk out. And walk out. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's how you, you double your money. <laughs> so welcome, everyone, to another episode of Kingdom Speak. Yes. And we are honored to have Bishop Lambeth all the way from Brazil with us again. Amen. God bless you, sir. Amen. Oh, man. Wow, I must be something important to be on for the second or the third time. Third time. Wow. Well, if you remember correctly, you you helped us with our subscriber count. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're we kind of hit a lull, and we're needing another shot in the arm. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, it, it's a roll of the dice, but here we go. <laughs> well, chance it may work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if everybody's wondering what is with the gambling. What is with the dice? Um, we are recording this a few days after our annual power conference. And um, man, we, we had to adapt and, mm. and bring all of our guest speakers in through Zoom due to the fact that, that they couldn't get, couldn't get here mm. due to closed borders, et cetera. But man, we just didn't want to shut it down. Man, we, we had an incredible, it was a great, great incredible. conference. Great conference. We were blessed with the ministry of Brother Urshan, Brother Kelly Patrick, Bishop Odom, Bishop Lambeth, and the last night mm-hmm. we were supposed to have Brother Marks, and it just, it just, the Holy Ghost moved in, and we never did have uh, anybody minister that last night. But Sunday morning, Bishop Lambeth preached an incredible word to our church and um we asked him if he would come on kingdom speak Mm. and discuss these principles that he he uh, presented to our conference on the podcast so you're back with us again today bishop and we appreciate you taking time i know that it's been a hectic busy time for you all and we appreciate you carving a bit out of your schedule for kingdom speak it's a great honor. Y'all are great people and great friends. Love you both. Yes, sir. So, so can you can you help us out with? We've been teasing the audience a bit with uh, the little innuendos about gambling, and uh, let, let let me just jump into it. Do you, do you really think church is just a gamble, or or is it a bit more intentional? I believe that God's work in a general sense is a projected plan uh, uh, of God. I, I, I do not believe that God is dealing in coincidences in regards sure. to his plan. I don't believe that at all. Right. Right. It's there is always obviously since we've already started sort of launching into the deep. There's always the individual uh, issues of free will. Sure. But free will will never trump God's overall plan. In other words, free will will never prevent God's plan from going to its sure. fullest. Sure. Uh, objective or goal or whatever. Mm, right. Right. How do it's, you how do you um, how do you 
balance this and and you've got a you you shared a fascinating story with us that that really kind of sets the whole thing up but how how do you balance the concept of being spirit led the, the very clear principle of being led by the spirit with intentionality or planning the purpose of God? That's a good question. Um, I think that God's purpose, like I said, is, is assured and firm. Mm -hmm. I think that my role in it comes forth through prayer and like I tried to talk about in or started talking and through worship, yes. through uh, I, I believe it enters us into God's deeper dimensions to where that once we see, it becomes much easier for us to um, uh, to indent ourselves and put ourselves in. Uh, insert ourselves there's a word mm -hmm. into god's plan mm -hmm. uh you, you you mentioned about for example if you study saul and david it's very obvious that saul was part of god's plan it wasn't it wasn't a side note it wasn't that god made even a mistake in choosing Saul, in my sure. opinion, mm -hmm. sure. but rather Saul of his own carnality or his own whatever, whatever, uh, veered off track. And so then God splices in David as if it was, and it is, a perfect continuation of the story. And that's the reason why, if, 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 boy, this bothers me. Going back to Saul, so Saul was chosen of God, and he got off the tracks. His train went off of the tracks, and where he ended up at was at a witch. Mm, yeah. Wow. Was yeah. Playing uh, the, the the you know the the you know the let's let's look into the future past kind of a game, and he got caught up in this, which it's it's longer to explain than the thirty seconds in this first question. But it, if we're not careful, if we if we if we don't go through prayer and deep worship in God, we will veer off track, and we will disconsider God's overarching will yeah. plan yeah. and end up in another world filled up with coincidences or at least in a smaller world where we're trying to hedge our bets, mm -hmm. hedge yes. our bets. That's yes. something I didn't get off on to before. There's a danger trying to hedge your bets when you're dealing with God. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So what is the danger? Well, well, the danger is, is that if you hedge your bet, so you either believe that God's in control mm -hmm. or you don't believe that God's, I guess there is a middle lane there somewhere, but let's go to the two extremes. Either God is fully in control or God is not in control. Mm -hmm. And so people in their mindset, in the back of their mind, they understand or want to believe that God is fully in control, but however, because of so many things, well, then they lean toward a coincidental random world, mm -hmm. but they're uncomfortable in the random world. And so they start making the world smaller in order in that smaller world to be able to control their chances a little bit better. So going back to the lotto tickets in Brazil, a lotto ticket says you choose out six numbers. Six numbers cost you a dollar and 25 cents or whatever it is. Okay, but you can hedge that. You can hedge that. If you're willing to pay more money, okay. you can, instead of choosing six numbers, you can choose 10 numbers, which mm -hmm. increases your chances of winning, uh, but you're still in the random world. And yeah. Does that make any yes, sense? Yes, absolutely. And yes. 
So you increase and, and the odds, uh, but it's still it's still a gamble. It's still a gamble. Right. And I can't I can't live a life where that a God, pardon the expression, is gonna roll the dice and decide, you know, hey, this guy you're you really back off into into uh, 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 into eternal security or to right. you know or to predestination, predestination or whatever. Sure. You're, you're, th- th- those are dangerous roads to go down. Right. And I have trouble with that. I have trouble with that. I, I can't believe in a God that is just you know just throughout part of the expression throughout the dice and it and it just you know. What happened happens, and what doesn't, you know. Right. Sorry, you, you know. Right. We, 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 we've got a God that's bigger than that. God, I, we're I don't leave out of this world in a in a in a fleeing moment in this, yeah. you know, in the sense of just, you know, well, I, I was just my lucky day. That's not the way it works. And it's it's very easy to look at ministries people of God, successful churches, mm-hmm. as they were in the right place at the right time. Very, very easy. Very easy. And then and you give yourself a pass. Even, even the guys that are inside the track, you know, yep. that are there, they're putting it down as, you know, mm-hmm. either one or two things. Either, you know, this is my lucky day or... I just happen to increase my odds, you know, by X, Y, Z. Right. To, to, to the to the guy that is that owns the property at the way that, that, that two roads meet, he would just think that the disciples showing up there and taking the donkey was just a random act. But the reality is it was submission to a plan. Go walk and you'll find you'll find very well put very well put very which is all the same token about the donkey going into jerusalem with jesus sitting on it right since they didn't have internet what brought all those people there Hmm. it would have to be a sensitivity of the holy ghost and not necessarily coincidence and, and obviously there may be some there that was coincidentally there, mm-hmm. you know, that just happened to be walking by there, but the coincidence doesn't bleed over into God's plan to the contrary. You know, it's, it's an opportunity that that person had of being able to be part of mm-hmm. this huge thing that's coming forth where the Messiah is coming in to, uh, to Jerusalem to, 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 to be crucified for our salvation. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. As is, as is with the case with Pentecost, where the people who maybe were playing the chances left because they said, oh, I guess it's not going to happen. And the people who ended up tarrying were the people wow. who understood it wasn't. Yeah. Wow. What a thought, man. What a thought. Yeah. Yes, sir. Very well put. Very well put. Can you yes. tell us the story that got you going on this? Um, it's a story that's been burning in my mind for a number of years. And uh, uh, as I said on Sunday, I'm not altogether guaranteed for sure who was the one that uh, that it happened to directly. But I do know that my father was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I remember the story in its exactness, my father and another missionary went out to eat in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And in those days, the early 60s or the, the mid 60s, even up into the 70s and almost the 80s, uh, you would, Brazilians have, they still have the tickets. They still have the lotto. T- they're still exactly the same. It's just the guys don't. Anyway, you have a sheet and it's in it and it has various numbers. And so, you know, with the design and all this federal lottery and whatever. And so you would go into the restaurants and uh, the guy would be crying out the numbers, you know, 57,984, this is your lucky number. Ooh, 
who wants to buy 59,584 number, you know? And so they go from table to table. The reason why that it was tolerated was because the guys in those days, everyone was poor. And so, you know, it was the generosity of the store of the restaurant owner that allowed them to go in and do it. And so this guy comes up to my father's table with this other missionary and he offers this ticket, you know, this lotto ticket, you know, 54,582, whatever. And so uh, it was either my father or this other missionary said, you know what? Said, I dreamed of this number last night. And not only did I dream of this number, he said, I dreamed that it would be offered to me, you know, that it would. And so, and so the discussion at the table while, you know, while there, well, you know, are you going to buy it, aren't you? You know, <laughs> you know. And so maybe you want to open up a a Google poll right now to to your many thousands of viewers and such as and, and, and the the, the thousands the thousands are coming. The oh. thousands are coming. That's why you're here. But go ahead. <laughs> I wish. I wish. And so. <laughs> And so the, 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 this debate came up the table. Well, you know, if you dreamed of it, the guy came up the very hmm. same number, you know, well, you know. Um, and, and so in the end, the ticket was not bought. They did not buy the ticket, who, be it my father or be it this other missionary, did not buy the ticket. And as coincidence might have it, you know, the uh, ticket was oh. the number. It was, was the right number. It was the right number. It was the right number. Oh, wow. And so so the the question comes up, would you play that or not? Again, this is is a difficult, it's a difficult question. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in the sense, you know, but you can't go by, you can't go by the, um, uh, the, 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 the fact that it was, that it was the right number. You got to back up to the place where it was offered, in the sense that it, it's it's a crossroad. It's a crossroad. Sure. sure. If you go that route, well, then everything is going to be. You know, you're going to be looking for. Jesus says, "You're looking for signs and wonders." Hmm. He says, "There is no other sign than the preaching." That wow. it, it, that it's. There, there, there is no, you know, you're, you say, oh, today's a full moon, you know, and uh, Brazil, Brazilians, uh, Brazilians, they, they're, they're full of that, you know. Uh, they'll say, does tomorrow be raining? Well, how come it be raining? Because it's a full moon, you know. And so I said, yeah. well, well, you know, and for the last five full moons, it hasn't rained in Brazil, sure. you know, so, so yeah. much for, yeah. you know. But if, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you step out of God's world, and you ended up in this in the in this lotto yeah. chance world. Yeah, I'm scared of that. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is is that God doesn't need for me to play the lotto to have the money to build a new church. Well, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. And if, if I go that route, if I go that route, everything becomes a number game. It becomes a random dice game. And the example that I gave, which I didn't tarry too long ago, about the, 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 where, where, where all this came together, well, then at the cross, they were gambling Mm-hmm. The right. soldiers were gambling for Jesus's tunic or his coat. Oh, yeah. yep. And they were doing it under the shadow of the cross. God. Wow. And so in their gambling, they became satisfied. At least one guy became satisfied winning a coat when they could have won or acquired, not win, but acquired or, or received sure. salvation, healing, and X, Y, Z. Well, somebody somebody left that moment with the body of Christ. That, that, yeah, 
Joseph, Joseph, whatever I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he left. He took, he took the full, he took the full goods, the full package. Right. Okay. Look. I want the full package of what God has for me, and I'm scared to death of being satisfied on gambling for the coat and walk away a happy man God. when God's got more for me than a coat. Right. Okay. So, so, man, this is just kind of kind of coming to me as you're talking about this. So Saul gets off track, ends up at the Witch of Endor's house dies a, a, a terrifying scripture for me is that he dies as though he was never anointed wow okay he had been anointed but he did not die that way so does that mean does that mean that when you get off into this mystery world of 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 you know who knows maybe so maybe not does that in itself nullify anointing well hmm. well okay let, let me let me follow through with what i was going to say and maybe that plays into that that idea go judas now okay so here's here's uh to to, to tag on with what you're saying the first guys gambling in the presence of jesus was not the guys gambling over the robe Judas gambled over the fact that he could sell Jesus off and that Jesus would rescue himself out of the situation. Okay, I was looking for that thought or that, that in the Bible. I, I, I was going to get off into that when I preached. Uh, I, I was, yes, yes, that, that, that is a gamble, and it's uh, it, not really necessarily a gamble, but in the sense playing a percentage game. Well, you know, the chances of Jesus... You know, well, yeah, he had uh, witnessed Jesus survive uh, and disappear through the crowd and walk exactly. on water, and exactly. I don't really believe he was trying to do Jesus in. No, I, I think he's trying to do a fast deal. Exactly, exactly. He was trying to double his money. Yeah. He, he he was thirty pieces of silver, and we're going to get to witness a miracle. And hallelujah! Oh God! So the question I, that you I, brought I back. I don't want that. It makes me nervous. These kind of conversations get me nervous because. I... Okay. So back to your question, Bishop, and I'll throw it back at you. You know, when you get in that arena of playing percentages of, mm. of, of gambling of, do you lose the anointing? It was suicide for him. Literally. Okay. We have seen a lot of preachers go belly up in the last five and 10 years. Mm, absolutely. And some of the names that you and I could name are people that we would have never dreamed that would have been named in our roll call. They were, they were inner circle guys. Yes, they were. Yeah. Okay. Obviously I know that just the, the spiritual gambling aspect is not the only thing that sends you on the tracks to doom obviously, but there's some of them that played the chance game, you mm -hmm. know, Hey, um, who knows? Maybe I can get away with this. Yeah. Well, and if you do win the robe on the dice, that does take you away from the body. Wow. Right. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Wow. Lord have mercy, brother. So even, even if you, if, if you lose or you win, it, it, it ultimately pulls you away. Well, well they got to feel like they have something, you know. Well, they do because they're going out and starting their own podcasts and their own, you know, they're running right. their own doctrinal streams, right? right? So they feel like they have something, some form of revelation. Wow. Uh, uh, here's one of the problems. Here's one of the problems that come up from all this. We... We all, uh, it's, it's an unusual paradox. We live, or people tend to live in a world full of coincidences, of randomness, 
the Big Bang Theory of the creation of the world is a random idea, you know, randomly to whatever right. hit up against each other and whatever, such as uh, evolution is a random idea. Right. They say it's an evolution. It's a random idea. Which makes it a completely anti-Christ idea. Wow. That, that's strong wording right there, too. Yeah. That's strong wording right there, too. So, so in the sense that we live in that, well, again, like I said, we tend to hedge our bets in the sense, well, you know, I want to try to improve my chances. Mm -hmm. And as we try to improve our chances, we tend in that we'll make God smaller. Yeah. Because it's easier to deal again with a dice that's got a numbers from two to 12 than it is to do it. Let's, let, let's, let's, man, this could go all kinds of ways. Where I started, where I, you know, I read all these crazy books and I may not even should say this. I'll probably get in trouble over it, but I read all kinds of books. I read all kinds of books. As long as it's not perversion and such as I read it all. I picked up a book not too long ago about the odds in the game of poker. Mm -hmm. All right. And it's a very interesting book. Mm -hmm. It's not about the gambling part. It's about the, the coincidence, the randomness involved and mm -hmm. how you can reduce your, your randomness and increase your odds. A acceptable size. Oh God, have mercy. I, I don't want, I don't want to reduce God to where that he has to fit into my little dice world wow. of 12 numbers That's from right. 2 to 12. Right. I want God to have the liberty of being God so big That's right. until I can't understand what he's doing in my human mind, but I'm smart enough or hopefully <laughs> humble enough to recognize that him and his bigness is not doing it by coincidence, but is doing it by divine design. Divine design. Right. Right. Because in that small world, there's no, there's no faith and there's no trust. No, no. Well put. Well put. Well put. Well put. You know what? After we talked, uh, after, after we talked, after I preached Sunday, I picked up an article. Uh, I did. It just, it just fell, you know, some of my reading feeds and such as. And it talked about the difference between Hebrew logic and Greek logic. Hmm. All right. You know, let me put a pause on that one. You do realize that when Paul walked into Athens, that they had all those temples, those 400 whatever temples it was, that was a play on on own randomness too in the sense well if this is not god's house maybe this one is or maybe that one is or maybe mm -hmm. that one is mm -hmm. and so paul says you guys god englobes everything he we are in him through him and above it's it's it, god right. is god way right bigger. <laughs> way bigger than 400 temples he's a, oh, yeah. <laughs> bigger than the house of the unknown god Lord, of course, yeah god. yeah <laughs> above all he can do above all that we can even imagine. Imagine, imagine. Like, go ahead and throw imagination into randomness. Mm -hmm. And he trumps that. He trumps that. I want to get back to what Brother Derek said about faith. I want to, but let me finish mm -hmm. off the deal. The difference between Hebrew logic and Greek logic mm -hmm. is that Greek logic, which is what? Paul faced in Athens, Greek logic is linear logic. Okay. You add numbers, one plus one, but you, you put it in a line. All right. Yep. And somewhere along the line, you're going to make a connection. Whereas mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Hebrew logic in the Old Testament accepts, accepts things in a block form. It's in, it's, 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 in a block form where you don't have to understand everything that's in that block, in that box, in order to believe that there is an answer in that box. And so if you could ever get to God and believe that God is this huge box, which you don't really understand everything that's sure. in it, 
But sure. the logic of it is, is God has got his show together. And in this box, even though I don't understand, oh, hallelujah, even though I don't understand what's in it, it's better than trying to figure out, you know, the steps to putting a bicycle together. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And Pastor McKillop and Brother Derek, if we could ever get beyond our little small world, even though we don't understand, this is this is this is why worship is so incredibly important. It's because when you worship in true in the true sense, not in this charismatic, you know, see my tongue, tie my tongue kind of thing. When you worship God, you're entering into a world of this is my wording of awesomeness. Awesomeness does not include rand. It's awesomeness is not randomness. Awesomeness is believing that God is so incredible, glorious that what he's doing, I don't understand. But if I can tap into it, I'll have my answer. That is not, that is not randomness. That is entering into God's holy wow. power. So worship, because, <clears throat> okay, we, we all understand being Pentecost, being Pentecostal, mm -hmm. that an observer can look at it. It happened on the day of Pentecost, and they perceived it as drunkenness. We understand that the expression of the Pentecostal experience can really look like randomness, but yes, really... Worship is orderly. Yeah, that, that's that's another very good point. Would it be possible, just like Matthew 28, 19, where you're supposed to figure out that in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you, you, you mean people say, well, why not take that out of the take that out of the Bible? It'd be a lot easier. Well, there is there, there has got to be a holy entering into God's holiness to understand God's plan. Right. So what you just mentioned, what you just mentioned is that you're, you're, how can I say it? Going into that, I'm missing words, fill it in for me. So you're, you're stepping into that dimension where, where that revelation comes. Even though, even though it seems to be completely skewered, skewered, yeah, totally. the word is, scattered. Okay, it's, it's not scattered. No, it's not. It's dimensional. And so when you're when you're living at this dimension beneath it, you don't see the order of what's happening above you. Wow! Holy Jesus! Thank you, Lord. You 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 don't see the intricateness. Hey, okay, Ezekiel. Wow, he saw wheels. Everybody could just see smoke and. And, yes, and fire, right. but when he saw glory, he saw wheels working within wheels. So the inner workings affecting the outer outer workings, and it was omnidirectional, but it was absolutely not random. Wow! It was a structure. Mm. Yeah, it was, was totally right. Totally. Mm. Wow! 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 Ooh! Hallelujah! 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 It, it's it. You know. You know, one of the things that I'm trying to look here that I didn't get off to when when I was um, uh, pre preaching, uh, one of the problems that come up, one of the reasons why people will go back to a random mm -hmm. world, even trying to seek for uh, for reason in random, that's a strong oh. word. Also, people oh. are get they get tripped up because they're looking for reason within randomness when they're trying to explain a God that cannot be fully explained in our human dimension. Now, these you, you, there, there's 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 several there's several instances which I did not get off into in the sense that even when you see God's awesomeness, it is easy at times 
to back away in fear because it's a world bigger than what we yeah. understand. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so Moses, for example, mm -hmm. it was a random act in Moses's mind to begin with that the bush caught on fire because other bushes had caught on fire also. Yes, right. That's right. And right. it just happened to be that bush. What turned Moses's attention to it was that it stepped out of randomness and it moved into a world of the unknown in the fact that it wasn't fully consumed. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, and that wasn't random. The world comes this voice. Yes. And this voice comes from the other side of randomness. Lord have mercy. I want to hear the voice. I want to hear the oh, voice. Oh, yeah. 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 And so then it becomes this teaching. Here, here's where I'm trying to get to. So then God, quote unquote, begins teaching Moses. Uh, Moses, throw your rod on the ground, you know. Oh, it turns into a snake. Oh, oh, my, 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 my. So he picks it up and because put your hand in your bosom. Oh, it right. becomes leprous. Oh, my, 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 and puts it back in, and it becomes okay. Those are events that happen in that great, awesome world of God. Mm -hmm. But our biggest problem is the fear, the afraidness mm -hmm. of moving into that even though randomness is completely stupid wow. yep. and uncertain yep. and even damnable for people to live mm. lives mm. on a random world, we still prefer it over moving in to a world that we don't understand and we're frozen in yeah. fear of moving into this world. Moses, even though he had those miracles, he was still afraid. Okay, so let, let me ask you this, Bishop, and, and there's a, there would appear to be a dimension of fear associated with taking what you've been exposed to in that moment, the miraculous power of God, the revelation of God, the holiness, the glory of God, and then God gives you responsibility and says, now I want you to take this to Egypt. Go to Egypt, okay. And do this, perform this, in that level. So introduce, introduce what you've been exposed to here, there. Is that, is that not where another level of fear comes from? Cause Moses then begins, uh, 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 I, I don't think I can introduce it there. Yes. But somewhere that fear of afraidness has got to be turned into the fear of the awesomeness of God. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Reverence. Reverence. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. a better word. Yeah. yeah. So the reverence you have for God overpowers the fear you have of introducing it to Egypt. And, yeah. and you're compelled. Yeah. Solomon said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, the beginning. of all wisdom. Right. Right. You're going to be afraid when it starts. Where that, where, that, where that fear and doubt and afraidness, which to me is probably, and I just noticed this, which I did not bring up in the sermon, and I don't even have my English Bible with me. But, you know, in Matthew 28, 17, it says that they were standing outside of Jerusalem. The angel showed up. They saw Jesus going up. And then the angel showed up, said, everyone go to, to Jerusalem and tarry there. The Bible says, the Bible says that some believed and some doubted. And they're looking at this body of Jesus climbing into the sky like a rocket. Yeah. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. Yeah. And so when you enter in, what, oh, Lord, have mercy. When you leave out of the world of this random, small uh, uh, um, luck of the draw that's, thinking that's being administered to reduce the chances of. And so, and so when you leave out of that, if you don't overcome this fear 
this afraidness of entering into God's world, you will always tilt back down into a world of rational randomness, if that makes any sense at all. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I don't want to tilt back down into that. Wow. I want to get up and go to the upper room and see tongues of fire falling down on top of my head. Yeah. Wow. So, so we, we really don't want our churches to be casinos. Is that what you're saying? That's pretty well, that's pretty well put. <laughs> Church is not well, a casino. So it's uh, not a casino, but between me and you, you mm -hmm. ever been in a casino church? Oh, boy. Don't, don't make me name it. <laughs> Here's some crickets. Yeah. Boy, crickets. this podcast, it'll either, it'll either bankrupt your podcast or Easy. it'll make you hit a million. Easy. Don't, don't, you know, we want to go viral if it's for the right reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I got a question to ask you this, and I know you've got more on this vein, but so we're talking kingdom. This is, this is kingdom stuff. So from a ministry standpoint, and I know you spend you spend so much time developing ministers and sending them out. And so then we get into comparing ourselves amongst ourselves and we get into strategically positioning ourselves with ulterior motivations or oh, dare wow. we just go ahead and say ambition in general. Ambition. Uh, I have seen this. And I, I am sure that those there may be some that, that that maybe even are listening to the podcast that would think, well, the reason that you got your dad's church is by luck of the draw, if you will. You, you strategically positioned yourself next to him to secure or to hedge the bet that you're going oh. to get the church. You understand? Well, always someone to say that. Okay, go on. And so where do we keep that i know and you know because of your involvement that that is absolutely not the case of what happened here but yet we also know that it does happen that that transfer from one generation to the other gets complicated it gets really complicated it does and the ambitious amongst us, if we're not careful, we'll go rushing towards those opportunities, shaking the dice. When really, God's got a big plan. And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not interested in being where I'm at if it's not God's will. I don't want to just be wasting my time. I don't either. So how, how do you avoid what you just said in the sense, not in the sense of what others would think about you if you got the right intentions, but how do you avoid the ambitious um, motivator behind Yeah, that, that's, that's the question. How, how does the Saul's and Judas's amongst us, how do we, and, and I, I'm of the personal opinion that I think we all got a little bit of it in us. Yeah. How do we human. outpace that? Well, it's 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 a cliche of what I'm gonna say, but it's still the truth. The only way you can one of the main ways you can kill that off is through prayer. If you can ever get into real prayer, you get another dimension to it. Number two, the Bible does speak rarely, but it does speak about mortifying your flesh. There's some of us that have got to resist it almost down to a physical level. Mm. You just, just, you know, I, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm mm. not going there. I'm right. going to tear it here until. Uh, it, uh, so it's a Paul dying daily. Well put. It's well put. If you don't, oh my God, have mercy. If you don't die daily, well, then the next day you'll say, this is my lucky day because I didn't die yesterday and I didn't <laughs> die today. Yeah. And so I'm on a roll. Yeah. I can go for a day without dying. 
Yeah. So why, why not go for two days? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And this all goes. Oh, go let me interject something right here, Pastor McKillop. Just, just, just interject. Please, please, I beg you in the Holy Ghost, if you see me start to roll the dice oh, in my God. life, please have enough friendship decency to call me up and say, you've been rolling the dice. You're walking away with the coach and you gave up Jesus. Please. Wow. I can't so, afford I, I can't I, afford to walk away with the coat. I think I think that fits in alignment with what you just said about you pray, mm. you sacrifice, mortify the flesh. And then I think a big part of it is just what you said. It's accountability. We've got to have we've got to have men around us, men of God around us. And you have been such one man to me that that helps helps us with those blind spots. I don't want to lead my church, God's church, but I, I don't want to lead that by a shake of the dice, man. I don't either. I don't either. And I'm aware, I'm aware that there are carnal issues in all of our churches. Sure. I'm aware that Sister Sally, when she gets up to sing, she may, uh, she may have just had a knockdown and drag out with her husband, you know, and she's up there, you know, spreading the bad news of a bad spirit, sort of like coronavirus over the congregation. Yeah, you know, I'm aware of that. Yeah. I'm aware of that. But I have to believe that somewhere that God, that God can help us mm. overcome. The the, 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 the the coincidental, the hedging of the bets and go full force into God's overall and mighty plan and believe that God in a collective, maybe this is another answer, in a collective cooperative apostolic body that we're able to uh, balance ourselves so that we are able and prepared to go into a uh, more um, the dynamic awesome world does that make any sense is that yeah it does and and I, I I want you to go where you went on Sunday if you will so let me let me try to segue from what you're just saying to at least what I got out of what you were saying on Sunday. This really becomes more central in a spiritual warfare sense where there is that showdown that takes place where winning and losing is not based on the draw, but we secure it and we have confidence because we know it's part of the plan. All right, I, I, I don't, I've, I've told our church this, worship is so intentional. I don't want to go to church wondering if we're going to have good church, hoping we're going to have good church. Worship is something that is intentional. Worship is something, uh, and I've told our, our congregation this repeatedly, but you don't go, worshipers don't respond to atmosphere, they create atmosphere. So the, the, the woman at the feet of Jesus, she went, she left home with that alabaster box with no intention of bringing it back. She was going to give it. She wasn't going to give it based on if things just went right and if she was welcomed and if they sang her favorite song and if they, no, she came planning on giving that. But not only did she come planning on giving it, but she had a revelation of where it would, what it was. The role. Yeah. The role it was going to play, she was anointing him for his burial. For his burial, which was several days down the road. Right, yeah. which, was, which, which was a revelation that the disciples was refusing at this point. They, they didn't want to believe it. No, and Judas, at the, same, at the same setting, was calculating out 
you know, the profit margin, which is another slight play on, on chance and randomness and hedging your bets. He was calculating out how much this would have been worth had it been in the small world that he lived in. And this woman was looking beyond the small world that Judas was living in. Okay, so what, where I was going with it and what I'd like you to talk about is, is when, when there is this showdown and this collision between the two worlds, false prophets, true prophets, it's critical that you're not going into it hoping that it turns out okay i.e. the top of Mount Carmel. That's that's where I went to on Sunday. Right. The, the structure is already revealed. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that the structure that God has is already revealed, we're back into a world of chance. Right. That's right. Which, by the way, just to open a parenthesis, we are surrounded by devil worship centers around our church, you know, a dozen of them around us. Within a block, there's a dozen of them, if not more. Okay. Do you realize that every one of those, none of those places, none of them, none of them have any kind of, of, spiritual documentation in other words do it this way or this is what you're really doing this is what you're worshiping too it's all again every one of them are slightly different than the others because there is they don't have a bible is what i'm trying to say sure right they don't have a revelation of god's order and I believe, Pastor, going back to the, the, the prophet and the false prophets of Baal, the false prophets of Baal, they all put it, you know, whatever, we'll just do whatever it takes. And it was just, it was just, it was just, you know, uh, you know, let her rip. Let's do whatever you got to do. Let's see what, let's see something. If something works. Yeah, let's beat ourselves. What's that? Let's just beat ourselves, cut ourselves, do whatever it takes. Because they didn't have order to their world. Right. They didn't have order to their world. And, and it was luck of the draw whether it was going to happen. From from their perspective. From their perspective. And if you really want, Lord have mercy, if you really want to get down to it, if you really want to get down to it, this opens up another whole can of worms. Open it. But if you really want to get down to it, let's just say that that day it did work. There had been a lightning strike. <laughs> yeah. Right. On top of that false altar. Yeah. But I believe that every word of God is confirmed by signs and by order. Sure it is. Oh, yes. And if we can get away from these casual, coincidental, occasional signs that, you know, if we could ever tap into God's ordered world and, and going no more of a personal level talking about where you're coming from, I believe that's what's happening in your field of labor, Pastor McKillop. There's no other way you can explain what's been going on in the last two three years, if you're looking at it even further back, if you want to go further back, but the way that things have come together, the, the, the word of the words of God that has been laid into the heart of the people and the way that I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is order in what God does. There's an order in God's world. And if you can get away from this haphazard doing things. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's what was taking place with the alternative after after Elijah taunts them, and he really is highlighting the randomness of their approach, right? Yes, sir. Oh, maybe your God's on vacation. 
Yeah. Try it a little louder. Something ain't working, Ray. Yeah. You know, no. screaming a little hard, harder. Do. That's it. But when you go over to Elijah's side, there we go. Yeah. Elijah built the altar according there. to the rule. There. Twelve stones, no cement, etc., etc., etc. You lay it this way, etc. You put the sacrifice. You wait for fire to fall. But when you do it that way. Even when you add water on top of it, you cannot trump God's order Ooh. world. Ah. Wow. You cannot trump it. Wow. It takes away go kamashokuhaka. It the order the water that was put on it took away all possibilities of coincidence. Yeah, there's no natural way. That that, that it's gone. It's you, gone. You can't tweak nature. To make that happen. At that moment, it is a God thing. So at those moments, Bishop, there, the water removes any, any ability at all for you to go, oh, that's a natural phenomenon. Natural fire, natural, natural fire and options and approaches are gone when you mix the water in. But Pastor McKillop, would that not be, would that not be, what our real objective are to be, where we are to work on eliminating any kind of thought process that this not be of God. Yeah, and maybe, and we, maybe we do need to. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here, here is a here's a thing that's always intrigued me, Bishop, about that passage of scripture. He says, "And put no fire in it. Mm -hmm. No fire in it. That's that's part of the distinct order." when he is laying out the terms for the 450 prophets of Baal and himself, we're going to construct these altars and we're not going to put fire in it. So part of the approach of the false prophets is that they would put fire in the altar to simulate fire falling from. Ah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's what you call hedging your bets in a small world. There you go. <laughs> so in case we don't there get the lightning, go. we got a backup plan. Exactly. <laughs> a absolutely. Cue the fog machines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I get like, everything going just uh, right. Uh, and if the glory doesn't fall, at least we got a backup plan. You're going to lose. You're going to lose listeners talking about fog machines. <laughs> you're hedging your bets. You're hedging your bets. But is that not what happens? Yeah. It is. We got a backup yeah. plan. So if God doesn't move, this is what we're going to do. You guys must have read. I want to just share this. You guys must have read the book. I think it's Malcolm Gladwell where he talks about gamblers. Yeah. We've talked about this, I think, on the podcast yeah. once before, where the question is always, how could you keep gambling and gambling and gambling and you're losing money and you lose and you lose your house and you get your house back and you go back to the casino and there's like, this guy can't stop gambling. So it, they talk to these people and psychologists and all these sharp heads. And anyways, the point is those people who get addicted to gambling always feel like they never feel like they lose. They always get the sensation that they almost win. Mm. So it's not, you know what? I just lost a thousand dollars. It's I almost won ten. I almost won ten grand, and I was one number away. Well, there's a problem with that. In the, the very well put, there's mm. a problem with that kind of thinking. Yeah, is because randomness has no memory. <laughs> Absolutely. And what, and what happened? What happened a second ago? The clock goes back to zero, right. and you're back full spectrum of chance. So that's the guy right. that's kind of hedging, right? He's ha he's got one foot in two different boats. Yeah. And so that that is what that is what I want to avoid. There may be things that I don't understand, but I sure don't want because I don't understand it. I don't want to almost be a winner. I and be happy to, I, with that. And be happy with that. That's that's worse yet and be happy with that. And be happy. That's that's bad news. That's bad news. You know, um, wow. We recorded an episode with Bishop Tipton, and he talked about the concern that he has with ministry 
learning the art form of ministry. So the, the form of godliness, but denying the power. And really, that's, oh. that's, that's kind of what we're talking about in one sense of the word, that if, if we can rely on, we, 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 wow. got, we, we, we got our show together for Sunday night, and the choir's going to on cue, mm -hmm. and, and Pastor Joe on cue is going to exhort, mm -hmm. and then we're going to bring this guy in, and, and, and we need structure. We do. <sighs> But not as a not as a hedging of our bets. Right. Right. It's not we fire in the altar that 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 brings that revelation to all of Israel on the top of the mountain that God is God. It's fire falling that does that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but and 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 You'll notice that when you go into what you just described, it goes from it goes from structure to rituals. Yeah, right. And rituals again are hedging your bets in the sense that guys go and play the lotto ticket the same number week after week after week because these are my lucky numbers and they'll hand their money over with their right hand because the last time i won i gave it with my right hand and soccer players play with dirty socks they haven't washed in six yep, months right. yeah yeah the, the last goal that they made on the soccer field yeah i don't want i want to move into god's awesomeness where god surprises me yeah. Not with randomness, but he surprises me with parts of his plan that I had never seen before. And at that moment, it's just walking it out. Back to the, back to what we said a few moments ago. It's look for the guy with the water pot and follow him. And there's going to be an intersection. And at that intersection of two ways, you're going to find the donkey. That that was not randomness. No. That was no. not red. No. And I'll tell you what, I don't believe that God's revival is randomness. Hey. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. I don't believe that God's revival is randomness. Right. I so may fail. Yeah. I may fail on, you know, on, I, I may fail mm -hmm. on doing what I'm supposed to do because I'm human but it's not going to deter God's plan. And I better run and catch up with the train before it pulls out of the station and leaves me because God doesn't, God's got a plan. It's on schedule. It's on schedule. Wow. Oh, Jesus help us. We didn't even get to the golden calf. We didn't even get to that. Yeah. Maybe that's well, next episode. Okay, well, we'll get to the golden calf on the next episode. There we go. If you if y'all if y'all have me on the next episode, I'll 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 be happy to. Come well, we're going to run the analytics first and see how this plays out, and if it works in our favor, <laughs> we'll send you an email. <laughs> okay, we'll have the golden calf back on again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is great. <laughs> this this uh, is this is so huge, these principles, Bishop, because they affect everything from church government mm. to how you run a church service to how you preach to how a choir sings. Everything. 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 But you know what? You know what? I, I uh, one of the a very. I even brought it here with me. Uh, this book right here, um, Josh McDowell yes. or McDowell, evidence that demands a verdict. Yeah, um, yeah. It's an old book, but he's got. I, I he's got the 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 study out or the mapping out of the Messiah. Uh, uh, prophecies, you know, the chances of that happening, yeah, uh, which is 10 followed by 150, whatever number of zeros or whatever. But going down through that, you'll see that, for example, that God, he, 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 it's, it, 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 it's not a chance deal. 
God, you know, so Abraham had two sons. It went over to, it, you know, the, 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 the line went over to Isaac. And then uh, from Isaac, then you have Jacob that had 12 sons. And the line went, uh, went to, uh, uh, went, went in that Joseph. certain direction. And Jesse had eight sons. And out of the eight sons, one showed up. And you keep on, it keeps on. Sure. Uh, maybe that's our problem. Maybe we see the funnel and we don't understand God's divine moving. And we look at the funnel and we see it, all these choices that God has, and we think it's all coincidence. God is not into the coincidence. Dude. No, he's God, not. There is, there is a plan. There is, there is a structure. There is an order to it. And I want to, I want to be part of it. And please, please, oh, please. God, I want to be in it. I want to be in it. Please me. I don't want to see Jesus going up in the skies and having doubts while watching that supernatural take off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that. So. Wow. Bishop, thank you so much. You know, this would make a good sermon sometime. Yeah, I would. <laughs> hey, I got a, I got a title for you. Don't gamble with Pentecost. <laughs> wow. I like that. I think that'll work. Yeah, yeah, it'll work. It'll work. <laughs> <laughs>